0: Welcome to Redeemer Lives, Redeemer Lives, a podcast by and about the spirituality of the richly diverse Milwaukee Christians who are all connected to little old Redeemer Church in the heart of the city on Wisconsin Avenue. I'm Lisa Bates-Froyland, pastor of Redeemer, and since 2011, I've been on a journey with the incredible people you'll meet on this podcast each week. I always say there are no dull people at Redeemer, and thanks be to God for that. Even during this pandemic, our Redeemer lives, and we are living our Redeemer lives. One of the most common challenges to faith and a trusting relationship to God that I hear from people is this classic question of, if we have a loving and powerful God, how is it that God allows bad things to happen? So sometimes I hear this spoken from a person who began their life raised in a faith system, and then something horrible happened to them. And that question, and it's a natural one, came up. How could a loving God allow this to happen to me? God must not exist. I will not follow a faith system anymore. It is a very human question, and it's a big one. And so I wanted to tackle it. It's even got a name, a fancy name, theodicy, right? How is it that bad things can happen? The, the famous Rabbi Herschel book, how, uh, Why Bad Things Happen to Good People, attempted to, to get after that as well. But we have a, a longtime member of Redeemer who can answer this question with her life. And it's not a definitive answer that you can write on a card and put on a refrigerator or anything like that. Um, but I wanted to introduce you today to Joyce Johnson and talk a little bit about her life and her faith for a podcast that's entitled today, Faith in Hard Times. Joyce Johnson grew up in Milwaukee, but she spent some summers in the South as well. She has a, a large and growing family family. And uh, has come a long way in her life and her life of faith. And so I, um, I thank you, Joyce, for coming by today for this conversation.
1: I'm happy to be here.
0: I'm going to start with a question that I've been asking everybody on the podcast, and that is, especially given this time of pandemic and everything else that's been going on, how is it with your soul? What's your ongoing conversation with God like these days?
1: God, continue to keep my mind (laughs) stayed on you, as his word says. And the way that I do that is I pray by talking to God like I would talk to someone who's sitting in front of me. And I read God's word. That's an encouraging thing. That's When I hear that the Bible, the words in the Bible are life, they live. They do when you read them. And it comes into your soul and into your heart and mind. And it lives in you to live it out. You know, when things are rough, go to God. And that's what it means to me to go to God's word and read it, remember it. Write it on your heart so you can recite it in those times. And yes, it gets hard. You know, I'm not trying to make it seem like, you know, you know, once you read it, it'll all go away. Not necessarily, but God's word helped you cope with life's, you know, hard situations. It did for me, and it still does. I I truly lean on God's word because I believe that God has kept me all my life through all of the things that I've endured, had to go through and going through. I believe as i 've gotten older, that my faith is stronger, because God reminds me of what He did for me in the past, and that 's my strength, you know that he's my keeper, and His word is true if we just trust and believe so we've known
0: each other um, all of my time here, so nearly ten years now. Mm-hmm. And I've learned a lot about your life because anytime we open scripture and talk about whatever the scripture is in front of us, you tend to very naturally connect it to times in your life. And um, comparable stories from people, I think, would have broken their faith. And it would have been understandable that they would ask that question, how could God let this happen to me? Can you talk about how you come up with a, a different kind of answer?
1: Well, for me, I've been in that place. You know, it 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 sounds confusing maybe, but when I'm confused about what's going on and, and what's going on is uncomfortable, mm-hmm. I'm talking to God and questioning God. Why are you letting this happen? So I believe that's the encouragement that I get because I'm still communicating with God. It's just something that I have taken on when I was a little girl. And my parents uh, were believers in God, but they didn't take us to church. They sent. You know, my mom would send us to church. She was raised in a Christian family. Her father was a minister. But When she came from the south to the city, she didn't go to church anymore. But my memory, as far back as I can remember, I was a little girl excited to go to church. And I always ask myself, you didn't know anything about God. You were just so happy. When you got to church, you would just sit there and just be, it would be like a light was shining on me, you know, and I just felt like this is just beautiful. And the first song I remember singing in the church on the corner of 16th and Clark was yes, Jesus loves me. Hmm. And I've never forgotten that song. And I keep that song in my heart when things got hard, when things get hard and it just stays with me. I mean, I don't understand how we can say we believe or love something or someone. And when something happens, we forget about it. If God promised that he will be with you, always have to believe that. Because he says in his word, I will take you back to remembrance. And that's what has gotten me through. When he woke me up that morning, I had fallen asleep on my sofa. And I woke up like 2 o'clock in the morning. And all of a sudden, I sit up and a voice said, I'm going to take your son. And I'm looking at this big photo that I had of my son, Devon, and his brother, Mertiz. And I began to talk, and I said, oh, God, please. I'll do whatever you tell me. Don't take my baby, please. And this peace came over me. And I said, but you, God, you're going to do what you say you're going to do. All I ask is that you be there. Don't leave me. It hurt when it happened, and I had forgotten all about that night. That was so mysterious to me. I had forgotten about that night, you know. And when I remembered it, I gasped. So I said, oh, you came and told me that that was going to happen. And I was like, oh, my goodness, it happened, you know. And, and I just, I, I, the more, it was like the more things happened to me, the closer I got to God, I grabbed that word and I seeked. And I said, because nobody could comfort that. Your son was struck by yeah. a car. Yeah, struck by a car and died from um, brain injury. And oh. how old was he? Six. He was six years old. was yeah, six years old, my firstborn, you know. Uh, and I still miss him today. I think about him, of course, every day. But it's the grace of God that has been my keeper. I don't understand why. I don't have to. I just trust that God, what he does is because he knows why. It's a reason. And for me, it's a good God reason. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense in human mind. You know, like, God, you didn't have to hurt like that. You know, I don't wish that kind of pain on anybody. You know, and I'm sure that it has happened to others. Just because you're in the faith doesn't mean things not things are not going to happen to you. You know, it just means that you have anchor, you know, hold to God's unchanging hand, you know. How did you feel God present
0: with you following Devon's death?
1: I, my aunt, my mother's sister, her siblings were spiritual, very spiritual. They stayed in the church, okay. Okay. Except a couple of them. They kind of strayed away, but, you know, they were all believers. But my Aunt Moselle, my mom's sister, one of her older sisters, told me, because I told her, I said, Auntie, I can't cry. Hmm. I want to cry. And she said, baby, God is holding your feelings, and he'll give them back to you little by little. Wow. Yeah. And I thought about that. I was like, oh. Yeah, okay. So, see, that's what I'm saying. God, when you trust Him, He meets you. He works through us, right? To encourage one another. You know, He's here, right? So, I was like, wow. But I still, maybe a month or so after, Vaughn died in March. And I can't remember in 1982 what the day Easter fell on. But I was getting ready to go to church, and I had forgotten about my other two sons. Not, like, literally forgotten, but I wasn't doing much with them because it was something missing. Mm -hmm. And to do, it was like something's missing. I can't deal with this right now. And It sounds like grief. Yes, Mm -hmm. yes. And on my way out to church that morning. I'm dressed, and I'm getting ready to walk out the door because by that time I moved in with Mom because I wanted to leave that place because I couldn't stay there because that was Devon in my place. We moved there. It was just he and I, you know. yeah. Yeah. And I tried, but mm -mm, couldn't stay there. So I was at my mom's place, and I was getting ready to walk out the door for church. And she stopped me and put her hands on my shoulders. And she said, Baby, I know you're hurting, but you have two more children, and you can't forget about them. And I went on to church. And after that, I started being a mother again. So little by little, I started getting my feelings back. And every now and then, I would have this hard breakdown cry. Mm-hmm. And it was if God gave me back and I'd cry and he'd take it back. Mm-hmm. You know I'm saying? Take it back. And so, yeah, it took it, it takes some time for you to get used to the absence You know, I don't think we ever get over that because that was there, a living thing was there. My child was there talking to me, telling me he loved me and that big old beautiful smile he had, you know. But now he's not here, so yeah, it takes some time, you know, but God was there. He met me everywhere I needed him to be. You know, even now when I, I'm a diabetic, my son was a juvenile diabetic, mm-hmm. and I would give him shots, you know, and now I give myself shots, and I think about him every day, I'm like, Devon, I'm sticking myself, and I was like, and he was a soldier, he didn't, I was like, he told his doctor once, his he they were going to teach him how to give his shots, and I was like, I don't think I'm ready for that, and so his doctor asked him, we got to an appointment one morning, he says, uh, his name was Truett. He was named after my father, Truett mm-hmm. Devon. And he says, well, Truett, how's it going? He says, it's going all right, sir. You know, he was very mature, hmm. his little 6 year five-year-old age. And so the doctor said, well, are you ready to learn how to give yourself a shot? He says, I am, but my mother's not. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was so funny. I was like, absolutely not. I'm not ready. You know, I said, it's hard for me to give him shots. And I said, now you want me to trust him? No. And he said, see, you know, but yeah. It
0: just strikes me that uh, Easter was the turning point for you, that in a way you were entombed. Yeah. Right? In regard to your motherhood. Mm -hmm. It was on hold. It was in suspension there. For a minute, mm-hmm. for for a while. Mm-hmm. And then that Easter Sunday service, your love of church, that just helped you resurrect a little bit that day. Right. And I think I can connect it, if my memory serves right, that your walk with us at Redeemer also started on an Easter.
1: Mm-hmm. Isn't that something? <laughs> my God, he's so good. And I joined on Father's Day. Oh, did you? Huh. Yeah. Um, Can you tell
0: us, you know, you've been with us a long time. Oh, my goodness, what we've done together in ministry, you know, over the years.
1: (laughs) A lot of good things. Oh,
0: my goodness. But if you had to choose to share with our podcast audience a special memory of Redeemer, what would you want to share?
1: Oh, my Lord Jesus. There's so many good things. I love my other church that I was a member of where I raised my children. But there was always something more that I was looking for. And when I came to Redeemer, one of the things that stand out for me is our noon run. We started feeding the community. I was like, this is just wonderful. You know, to see people come in and enjoy the meals and socialize and be ministered to, you know. And one of my favorite memories of our noon run was when you decided one day that we would give out communion mm. and we went up to the auditorium because, you know, we had so many people. We had it oh, up that's and down. Right upstairs yeah. and downstairs. <laughs> we wow. had up and down. Wow. And so you. And myself and Erica went upstairs to do communion. And at first, the people were a little hesitant because, like I, I had told you, I said, some people are afraid to commune because they think they're sinning too much. They mm-hmm. can't do it. And so you begin to talk to people about what it meant. To commune, and that's when the people started to come, and that just did my heart good. And I remember one young man came up, and he was crying. Yes, the tears were just flowing. So that those are really beautiful, bright, godly memories to hear at Redeemer for me. Just one of them, because there's so many. Our mapping project, going to learn about who's in this community. (laughs) And <laughs> not living it, and I didn't know all of this existed. It was fun, and 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 when we went to sit in restaurants and some bars and just socialize and not tell people who you were, who we were, and let people know because people do have this image of church people like we think we're better. Mm-hmm. Well, we're not like you, but they received us. And then when you would tell them, you know, well, we're from Redeemer, and I'm Pastor Lisa, and then they all kind of get this little stiff, oh, my God, you know? <laughs> that was funny. So those are a lot of good memories, but they still received and welcomed us. It wasn't too many people in our community that didn't receive us. Right. You know, because we went with realness and love. Yeah, so yeah, those are we just some of the things. We
0: went with a question. We just asked the question, what would make this neighborhood an even better place yeah. to live and work? Yeah. And... uh we always said that our only goal was to establish the possibility for a friendly relationship. That's all it was about. Um, but, yeah, you went around a lot of blocks. Yeah, I enjoyed it. You too. learned a lot. You met a lot yeah. of people. And, uh, you know, that's who Joyce Johnson is. I've learned mm-hmm. so much from you in ministry. Oh, I've learned I? about myself. I've learned about the Word. I've learned about putting Word and Life together side by side Mm. and um, you are an evangelist Uh, Joyce is a person who will talk to people on buses I'm gonna
1: do it (laughs) (laughs) I love doing it I'm gonna tell you about my God because I know that if we would live for God with God our lives will be better for it I know I've experienced it out of all the hardship I've endured Had it not been for God, I would not be sitting here talking as best as I know how to you right now. But God, I always say that, but God. And well, it's our one back in the day, maybe four or five years ago, our favorite word was, nobody got time for that. We have to get our lives together, you know. I don't need no dead weight, you know. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I love ministering. I do. You know, and it's not always been easy. Um, got cussed out a lot, but I just smile, you know. And they start backing up like, this lady's smiling, and I'm cussing her out. What's wrong with her? Baby, just calm yourself down. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah and i watched this uh young lady on youtube now her name is tabitha brown she's a vegan so i'm thinking about i probably won't go vegan wow. but i want to eat healthier yeah yeah and so at the end of all of her programs she uses this phrase and i love it and i'm saying it all the time you go on and have yourself the most amazing day and even if you can't don't you dare go messing up nobody else's So I love that. And so that's what I say to people now, you know. I I love it. Oh,
0: thank you for this conversation. Thank Thank you for being in ministry with me for 10 years. Thank
1: you. And uh, for being true to the call, you know, for being afraid, not being afraid, for holding fast to God, you know, because of you, people will be the better for themselves. The women that are still holding back, they're going to come forth Mm. because it's okay. God needs us. He wants us. He created us for his purpose, for God's purpose, y'all. He's a man and a woman, a sister and a brother. He's all those things we say he i say he because of Jesus Christ came as a man <laughs> mm-hmm, <laughs> you know mm-hmm. so yeah uh, i just i just love and thank god
0: the redeemer lives podcast is sponsored in part by jeff one row designs for more than 15 years the creative team at jeff one row designs has been handcrafting liturgical textiles their processional banners and seasonal banners grace sanctuaries across the country Their frontals and pyramids adorn altars and lecterns in churches of all sizes. Clergy love their pastor stoles. I have three myself. Deacon stoles, chasubles, copes, and other vestments. They're proud to include Episcopal, Presbyterian, Methodist, ELCA, Lutheran, United Church of Christ, Disciples of Christ, Unitarian, and Roman Catholic faithful among their clients. Interfaith and non-denominational clergy love the inclusivity of their designs. Whether you are shopping for the smallest altar accessory or reevaluating your entire collection of vestments and paraments, they would be honored to work with you to create something perfect for you. Jeff Row Designs, making ordinary time extraordinary since 2005. The podcast is also sponsored by Outreach for Hope, a ministry of the Greater Milwaukee Synod. Outreach for Hope supports life-giving ministries that serve the people of low-income communities in the Greater Milwaukee Synod. Outreach for Hope has supported Redeemer Lutheran Church and its ministries for many years. Hey, if you liked what you heard today, first of all, great. If you liked it so much that you'd like to support us with a financial gift, please go to our website, RedeemerMilwaukee.org. There you will see links to our YouTube services information on how we're trying to serve our neighbors during the hardships of this pandemic, and yes, the donate button. Thanks in advance for the help. Redeemer Lives, Redeemer Lives is a podcast of Redeemer Lutheran Church in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I'm Lisa Bates-Froyland, your host. Erin Musser is our editor, sound designer, and engineer. Meredith Sype Sumner wrote and performed our theme. Join us again next week. And until next time peace be with you, peace be within you, and may peace be among us all. Goodbye.